Hey, hey, what's the fuss and tell me what's a happening? This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 60, Wild Card Week, baby. Oh, that's right, this is Pyromaniac Mo. Give me a follow on Twitter, all letters, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. Now, as you know, this is one of two Pyromaniac Podcasts. You can find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and our beloved blog, Talk Radio. All right, you know, through the season, we are engaged heavily, giving you all sorts of streaming plays, waiver wire picks, doing it a little bit different now that we've reached the, the playoffs. Essentially, the only kind of fantasy playing you're doing out there is DFS, and I am your DFS man. Before we get there, let's talk about the music. We had Galactic, which I believe this is their third appearance on the Pyro Light. Galactic doing a song called Church Off the Coolin' Off album. Now, this week, you guys, because it's such a short slate, we've only got four games. Uh, unfortunately for your ears, I am going solo tonight. I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. So let's jump right in. It's going to be a shorter show. There's just not that much to talk about. Again, we're going to do DFS. Before we get there, let's look at the games. The game scripts according to Vegas. we got Oakland at Houston. First game on Saturday, starting around the 4 o'clock hour. 4.30, I believe. Now you've got Oakland at Houston. Houston is favored by 3. And you've got a very low over-under. In fact, you have what I believe is the lowest over-under of the week, 37.5. That only leaves Oakland with an implied team total just over 17 points. That is the lowest. So according to Vegas, Oakland is expected to score the fewest amount of points out of any NFL team this week. Houston has an implied team total just over 20. Detroit, my beloved Lions. They are at Seattle. You've got 43 over-under is what it was at opening. Again, I look at the opening numbers. Anything after that is influenced really by betting trends. So 43 was the over-under set at opening for the Detroit at Seattle. Seattle is favored by 7.5. Now, 7.5, that is the second highest spread of the week. Seattle has an implied team total just over 25 points. That is tied to the second highest team expected score of the week and Detroit just south of 18 points that's tied for the second lowest team expected point total of the week so what does that mean well Detroit pass catchers should see action that's a negative game script they're going to expect it to lose by more than a touchdown so they're going to need to pass if they want to stay in it so I like Detroit pass catchers one in particular on the other side Seattle running backs should be heavily involved with this one. It's a positive game script. Again, because they are favored to score by more, or win by more than a touchdown, you would expect them to do ground and pound and play defense. Sunday, we've got Miami at Pittsburgh. Uh, 47.5 in Pittsburgh, the home team, is expected to win by 8.5. So 8.5 favorites. That is the highest spread of the week. And Pittsburgh is going to have the highest implied team total of the week at 28 points. Miami expected to score 19.5. Miami is just one of three teams that Vegas does not expect to hit that 20-point mark. So game script-wise, Lev Bell, he's a must-play no matter what. He's really impervious to the game script, although here you've got a positive game script for Pittsburgh. 
On the other side of the ball, Miami. I expect some of their pass catchers to do pretty well, as if Miami hopes to be in this one, they're going to have to start passing early and often. The last game, the Giants at Green Bay, four and a half favorites for the Packers, and the over-under is 45. That gives you 25.25 implied team total for the Packers. It's, again, tied for the second highest implied team total. Just as many points expected in that Seattle game, 25.25 for Seattle, and of course, uh, as I already mentioned, Pittsburgh has the highest implied team total of 28. So the Giants facing Green Bay. Green Bay, second highest implied team total, tied with Seattle, 25.25. And the Giants, implied team total, 20.75. Just to remind you how you get this, you can go to some sites and pick it up. We're going to start doing it on the Pyro podcast, on the Pyromaniac website. But essentially, how you get this magic number of the implied team total. All you have to do is divide the over-under by two, and then you add half the spread to the favored team, and you take away half the spread from the underdog. Pretty simple. That gives you the implied team total. All right. So, as I said, a couple teams that that really makes me focus in on versus pass and versus the run. Again, I think Detroit passing game. They're going to need to pass if they want to stay in it. Same thing with Miami. And then you got a couple of good ground games in Seattle and Pittsburgh, being that they're expected to win by so much, and they're both home teams. So that's why we look at Vegas to give us some insight as to how the game's going to go, which teams are going to score a lot of points, and which position should be getting the ball more, depending on the game script. That's why we look at Vegas, and we're going to use it to influence the DFS talk. Now. You are here for the DFS reasons, so let us jump on in. At the quarterback spot, I'm talking the four most expensive quarterbacks on DraftKings. You've got, from top to bottom, I believe, you've got uh, Rodgers, 7,900 on DraftKings. Then you've got Big Ben, 7,600 on DraftKings. Russell Wilson, 7,000, and then Eli, 61. So let's talk about those guys. Those are indeed the guys that I like the most. Now, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are going to be on Aaron Rodgers. And why not? He has been super hot as of late. 7,900 DraftKings, 8,600 on FanDuel. He's been the man. There's no arguing that. In the last five weeks, he's fantasy's best quarterback. Rodgers, though, he's going to face DRC and Janoris Jenkins. Both of these corners for the Giants, according to Pro Football Focus's grading system, rank in the top 10. No other team that's playing this week has two cornerbacks rated as high. It's going to be a tough road to hoe for Aaron Rodgers. Football Outsiders ranks the Giants' defense as fourth best against the pass in the entire league. In fact, Football Outsiders, their weighted defensive rank, which essentially it lessens the importance of early games, Obviously, injuries have occurred, things have changed, sometimes coaches have been laid off or fired, uh, so things are definitely different at the end of the season than they are at the beginning, and that's what Football Outsiders does with their weighted DVOA. So I really like looking at that one. If you look at their weighted DVOA, that puts the Giants' pass defense at number two. So for me, these are enough reasons to fade the quarterback a little bit. Not only that, because he's got some really tough passing 
against this Giants team, especially with uh, the secondary guys they're trotting out there. Even Eli Apple, the rookie, he's pretty good. But not only that, I think Rodgers is going to be, because he has been so hot lately, the most owned quarterback. So I'm looking to leverage that. I am hoping if he has a bad game or even just a mediocre game, I'm hoping I can leverage that against the vast majority of players who are on Rodgers. And if indeed that happens, I vault, catapult ahead of all those players. So I'm kind of looking to fade Rodgers. He's the most expensive. Going down from there, you've got Big Ben, 8,500 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. Now, according to Vegas, Pittsburgh should be the highest scoring team of the week. As I said at the beginning, 28 points is what they're expected to score. Now, you know Big Ben... He's home, and he loves playing at home. His home road splits. This season alone, despite playing in two more road games, he has more touchdowns at home. Road games, eight. Nine TDs, eight interceptions. Six home games, 20 TDs to just five interceptions. Now, when you are looking at the defense that Pitts is going up against in Miami, when you adjust for schedule, there is only one team that is better for an opposing quarterback to face. That's right, Miami comes in at 31st against the quarterback when you adjust for schedule. I really like Big Ben quite a bit, certainly in cash, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Personally, I'm playing more GPP this week. Uh, this season, if you were to stop, I'm I'm at four digits in, in the, the win category, so I'm doing pretty well on my DraftKings and FanDuel and Draft plays. Um, however, once it gets to this part of the season, I laid off quite a bit week 17, and because of the smaller slate, I'm not spending as much of my weekly allotment as I normally do. It's just a tighter window. It, it makes the game certainly more fun when you, when you put a little money on it, but man, there's going to be such a tighter window, less margin for error, when there's all those teams out there, when you got a full 16-game slate as opposed to a four-game slate. Lots of opportunity, and I think I can have an advantage over most of the field by all the research that we do. Well, here, a lot of it's going to be luck, and there's just not as many guys to choose from. So I'm not playing nearly as much, and I tend to shy away from cash, although I'll play one cash game. I'm just not going to put that much on it. But regardless, I like Big Ben in cash and GPP. I just think he's going to be the best QB this weekend. Moving down from there, got Russell Wilson, 7,700 on FanDuel, 7,000 on DraftKings. Now, when you adjust for schedule, the Lions come in at 25th against the tight end, and they come in at 25th against wide receiver, and that's in both PPR formats. So, that's who's coming to town. It's a tough place to play, Seattle. Now, in the last five weeks, of the starting cornerbacks this weekend, only Aaron Rodgers has turned out more fantasy points per game than Russell Wilson. Wilson, the healthiest he's been since the very beginning of the season. He's been wearing a brace. Uh, he's going to supposedly shed that. Been wearing it since week three. I like Wilson quite a bit this week, especially if you want to stack him up with a Jimmy Graham, maybe a Collins, maybe a Baldwin. We'll get there. The last QB play I'm going to talk about is a bit contrarian. He's the fourth most expensive on DraftKings. 6,100 there. 7,500 on FanDuel. Mr. Eli Manning. Since their bye, they've had nine games. The man has had six Games with double-digit passing touchdowns. Facing Green Bay, who according to Football Outsiders, ranks only 22nd against the pass. It's not going to be that windy. It's not going to be uh, cold rain and snow. Uh, well, it'll be cold, 
but no rain and snow and not going to be that windy. So the conditions there at Lambeau are going to be pretty decent. Again, they're playing the Packers at Lambeau, obviously. And as I said, they come in, according to Football Outsiders, 22nd against the pass, does the Packers. And when you adjust for fantasy schedule, as 4 for 4 does, they come in at 29th. So for straight-up football, they're pretty bad. 22nd against the pass in fantasy, they're very bad. 29th. On the season, only six teams gave up more fantasy points to opposing QBs. Just six. They allowed nine different quarterbacks to rack up at least 18 fantasy points this season. So if the Packers have allowed nine different quarterbacks to rack up rack up 18 fantasy points, Eli's done it seven times, and that's going to give him his 3x value. He needs to get to 18.3. So 3x value seems fairly achievable, considering the Packers have given up 18 points to quarterbacks nine times, and Manning has done it seven himself. This game is expected to be the second-highest scoring game, according to Vegas, and if indeed Eli and his... Giants are going to be in it. I can see them scoring some points. Finally, Manning, he's going to see Demarius Randall in the secondary and Micah Hyde. Now, these two guys in particular, I think Eli can pick on and pick on all day long out of the 24 starting cornerbacks. These two, trotted out by the Packers, these two cornerbacks give up more fantasy points per route than any other two cornerbacks slated to start this week. That's who Eli's going to play. I think it's a very nice contrarian play considering this game could see some good scoring, favorable weather. Green Bay is pretty awful and have been pretty awful against the pass all year, and they've got two of the worst cornerbacks when it comes for giving up fantasy points per route run. So if Eli and the Giants are going to do it, I think they're going to do it on his arm against these poor secondary players. I think it's a nice contrarian play. Again, I still like Big Ben as my favorite, but Eli, he is tough to beat at 6,100 on DraftKings. Before we get to the running back position, let us pause for just a moment. Trivia question number one. Now, just last year, the Saints allowed the most passing TDs in a season. Well, this year, we've got another record-setting defense, and it's done in a bad way. So, there's one team that has allowed a completion percentage higher than any other defensive has allowed. So let me say that again. This season, one defense has allowed the highest completion percentage in NFL history. I want you to listen to the commercial and think about which defense has allowed the highest completion percentage, and I will be right back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. Stop by Pyromaniac.com. We've got stuff going all year round. We are still doing the matchups, so every game all the way up to the Super Bowl. We have our daily do's and don'ts. We've got fantastic charts coming at you. Uh, we put out an FF Podcast Collective, the cheers and jeers, a bit of a look back. So not only do you get the Pyro Mind share, you can hear from some other great fantasy football sites out there as well. That's something we do called the FF Podcast Network. Check out the Facebook page. And, of course, our own Facebook page, Pyromaniac.com. We are often interacting there on Twitter as well and our website, Pyromaniac.com. All right, trivia question number one. I said there was one historically bad defense this year that has allowed the highest completion percentage. Which defense allowed the opposing quarterbacks 
to have the highest completion percentage allowed in NFL history. Time is up. Unfortunately to report, that is my beloved, the Detroit Lions. They allowed a completion percentage of 72.7. Man, that's who Russell Wilson is going to face. There is another boon for him. All right, so we talked quarterbacks to uh, relay them. I think I like Big Ben the best, and then I like Russell Wilson and Eli as well. Kind of fading Rodgers. Running backs. Really? I got three, and how can you look over Lev Bell? 10300 on both, so he is very expensive, and I think it's well worth it. Certainly a cash game play, certainly a GPP play. According to Vegas, Pittsburgh, again, should be the highest scoring team out there, 28 points. He is involved, Le'Veon Bell's involved in the game script no matter what. If they're up, if they're down, if it's close, it's a blown them out. As I said, highest spread of the week, so that does lend itself to the running back, and on the season, he just gets the touches. He is the eighth most carries out of all running backs, and he has the second most targets. This is why he is a cash play, and I don't know how you can't put him in your lineup if you're you know, starting several lineups or running several lineups, certainly for a contrarian play. But if you're just starting off with a few, I've got to put Bell in there. Some other guys that might not be in everyone else's lineup. One, Zach Zenner, 6,200 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings. I think he's a solid cash play. In cash, I want efficiency, but really I'm chasing usage. I'm chasing opportunity. Now, last week, last five weeks, excuse me, out of all the Lions running backs, he has the most carries, the most yards, and the most rushing TDs. He also has, surprisingly enough, the most running back targets, the most running back receptions, and the most running back receiving yards. I think that's going to surprise most folks as much as he is involved in the pass game. In the red zone, he is getting it done. Three TDs in the last two outings. Last two weeks, the man is averaging 20 looks each game. That's what I'm chasing this week. Zach Zenner, you may say, gosh, in cash games, why are you going to do that? But look at the trends. 20 touches the last two weeks. You tell me another guy for 4,500 that's averaging 20 touches the last two weeks. That's a great dollar to touch ratio. Zenner played 76% of snaps week 16 and played 97 last week. Again, targets or usage to dollars ratio, there's not many better plays than Zach Zenner. One that's awful darn close, though, is Alex Collins. 5,800 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings. Second highest spread of the week, as I talked about at the beginning, this is a positive game script for Seattle. Expected to score implied team total just over 25 points. Tied for the second highest implied team total of the week. Now, add those factors together, and you've got a positive game script, as I said. Lots of running to be done. So the question, which Seattle running back to target? Now, although Rawls does not currently carry an injury designation, the guy's been banged up all year. Part of the reason I love him is his violent running style, but part of the reason he's been banged up is his violent running style. It's taken its toll. So... That's a plus in the Collins column when comparing the two Seattle backs. What about efficiency as of late? All right. Collins, 5.6 yards per touch in the last three weeks. In the same time, Rawls has averaged 1.4 yards per touch. All right. There's another check for Collins. What about recent usage? Just volume. All right. Both backs played the last two weeks. Rawls, 16 touches. 
In fact, it was 16 carries. He got nary a target. Collins, 19 touches. So three more, and five of those came from the pass. So if you're playing a full-point PPR, DraftKings, that's even another point for Collins. So Collins is cheaper, he's more efficient, and he's getting the volume in the last few weeks. To me, Collins is an easy play. 4500 for Collins, 4500 for Zenner. Two cheap guys, and that's going to allow you to get a bell at 10300 All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at the wide receiver spot. Now, Antonio Brown, I love him in cash. Yes, I do. 9100 in FanDuel, 9400 on DraftKings. According to Vegas, as I said, this is the highest scoring team, so I want to get action on that team. Brown is the guy to go to. You know the splits for Big Ben. It's the same for Brown. He does better when he's playing at home. Uh, This season, Brown has scored a TD in eight of his 15 games. The man has 10 games with a TD and or 100 yards. 43% of his games in 2016, he has been a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. I love him in cash. I'm going to take OBJ, though, in GPP. He is 8900 on FanDuel, a little cheaper, 200 less than Antonio, and he's 300 less on DraftKings at just 9100 Now, as stated, the Giants are going to see some of the softest secondary guys there are. Hyde and Randall, two of the Packers cornerbacks, as I said, they are the two lowest-ranked corners, giving up the most fantasy points per route run according to pro football focus out of any starting corners this week that's who Eli is going to try to take advantage of this is a ceiling play OBJ he's been getting shorter looks this season just trying to get him the ball his yards are down a little bit but what scares me four games with four catches or less so for what you're paying for it's a little scary he only has four games with over a hundred yards so Four games, four catches or less. He also has four games over 100 yards. Just as many. Five games with below 50 yards. So he's more of a boom, maybe not bust, but a boom or fizzle. Cash, I want security. GPP, I want upside. And certainly OBJ has massive upside. Staying away from him in cash, though. Will Fuller, he's a sneaky one. Not a lot of folks are going to be on. 5,000 FanDuel, 4,400 on DraftKings. Last three games. Six targets was his floor, was his minimum in the last three. In fact, in his last six games, he has amassed six targets in all but one. Looking at just air yards, so we're talking yards at target. Regardless of whether he catches it or not, how many yards were racked up, how many yards was he thrown to, regardless of catch? In all but two games this season, he's accounted for 25% of the team's air yards. Football Outsiders ranks Oakland D 25th against the past. Oakland has allowed 16 different wide receivers to score a TD and or rack up 100 yards. I think Will Fuller can get it done. This again, GPP play. Also GPP, Paul Richardson, only 3,400 on DraftKings. One of the cheapest plays you can get, 4,700 on FanDuel. Again, I'm talking target to dollar ratio. His two most productive fantasy games this season have come in the last two weeks. So if you're looking for trends, even though I know two games isn't exactly a trend, it's a small sample size. But after three, it's going to be considered a trend. Jump on it now because that's the way it's looking. 
Obviously, a big reason for his recent success is the Lockett injury uh, in the last two weeks. He is the, I'm sorry, he is second on the team in receptions and is tied for second most yards. Paul Richardson, good cheap play. In a team that's expected to score or tied for the second highest implied team total of the week, they are home to the Lions. Now, Bolden. Bolden, Bolden, he is indeed my boy. Now, Bolden, 4,000 on DraftKings, 4,800 on FanDuel. Remember, Earl Thomas is out, and Jeremy Lane is going to be covering Bolden. Out of all Seattle corners, Lane gives up the most fantasy points per route run at nearly, just over, excuse me, just over one full fantasy point for every three routes run. Bolden, second most targeted player on the Detroit team in the last six weeks. And Detroit is one of the most pass-heavy teams in the red zone. But really, I think Detroit is perfect, or at least Stafford is perfect for a Bolden play. Stafford does not have a large ADOT. He doesn't toss it down the field very much. Uh, in fact, Stafford is 30th in his uh, average depth of target, 7.9. Well, Bolden, he has the smallest ADOT of all Detroit receivers, 6.6 yards downfield. And I think that's where they're going to try to burn Seattle short and over the middle. Here's the kicker, though. Amazingly, Bolden has the third most red zone targets of any pass catcher this season. Wide receivers or tight ends. Third most out of any pass catcher. Uh, six of his eight TDs have come via the red zone. And once they get down there, Detroit looks very often looks towards their wide receivers to get it done. They don't have much of a ground game. Zach Zenner's come on late, but they still really look for a wide receiver over the middle. 6.6 yards is where Bolden is getting most of his looks. That's perfect maneuverability there down in the red zone. I like Bolden a lot. Baldwin, 7,000 on DraftKings, 6,900 on FanDuel. Baldwin is one of my more uh, favored guys this week. He plays out of the slot, so he's going to avoid the sleigh ride. Detroit has their top two starting corners on IR. Now, when I say their top two, I mean the best on the team. However, that spot has consistently been the weak spot for their corners. They're on their third or fourth starting slot corner. That's who Baldwin is going to see. Baldwin, very similar to Bolden. Has the shortest A dot on the team. Average depth of target, of course. Seattle runs a much different game than Stafford does. Stafford's more of that West Coast quick pass. Uh, all Seattle wide receivers have a double-digit average depth of target. But Bolden is shortest. So Detroit, they are bad against tight ends, and they are bad against passes over the middle, short to medium range, similar to Seattle. That's what Bolden's going to, I'm sorry, Baldwin is going to be running. Uh, on a team with a bad line, I really think uh, Russell Wilson, he's going to get those passes out quick. He's the healthiest he's been, and he's going to see Baldwin fairly open over the middle. So I like the the B brothers, Bold, Bolden and Baldwin, playing in the same game. Kenny Stills, 3,800 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. Yes, I'd take him in cash. Now, he is the second most targeted wide receiver on the team. Mr. Stills is, as of late, garnering 24% of the team's targets. In fact, he has 30% of the team's air yards in the last four games. If you look one game past that, five weeks, 
second in targets, second Dolphin in receptions, second in yards, and actually leads the team in touchdowns. Amazingly, he has seven TDs in his last 10 games. Not once has he scored a double-digit game. It's not an anomaly. This man is getting the scoring done. If I can grab a touchdown out of a guy like this, priced less than 4000 on DraftKings, I'm going to be happy. Plus, the man got five games with at least 70 yards. Stills has really been uh, the apple of Moore's eye as of late, and I think that's going to continue. Eli Rogers played him last week, also played uh, quite a bit of Pittsburgh last week, but, you know, I like Pittsburgh this week again. As you know, they're slated to score the most points out of anybody, 28. They are home. He's only 5,000 on FanDuel, 4,000 on DraftKings. Mr. Rogers is, again, that's a great target-to-dollar ratio as he has been amping up his usage in this Steelers offense in the last three weeks. Rodgers has the most targets, receptions, and receiving yards on the team. Granted, Antonio Brown didn't play last week, but still, I think he's getting used a lot more than people think, and that $4,000 DraftKings price has not caught up to his usage. Take advantage of that. Green Bay, although I'm kind of fading Mr. Aaron Rodgers, I still think some wide receivers are going to be good. 7,000 FanDuel, 5,600 will get you Devontae Adams. Now, I think a lot of folks are going to be on Nelson. Nelson's a great play, but Adams is a nice pivot off of Jordy. Adams will face the most susceptible of all corners, Eli Apple. Now, he's the rookie. I talked about the other two corners and how fantastic they are. Adams has the best matchup. That's what I'm going to look to take advantage of because that's what I think Aaron Rodgers will take advantage of, the best matchup. He's been known to exploit secondary guys. Eli Apple is the most exploitable of Giants' secondary guys. Now, out of all the Packers, it's not out of the realm of reason to understand in the last five weeks. He's second in targets, receptions, and yards. Lord knows Nelson has been on fire. But just imagine, if this game is closer than people think, and if... Deece, uh, Dominic Rogers, Cromarty, and Jenkins, if they're able to shut down Nelson a bit more than people think, Adams could be running free, and I think Rogers is going to recognize that. I also like on the other side of the ball, two giant players. So you've got Sterling Shepard at 5,100 on FanDuel, 4,800 on DraftKings, for a thousand less. If you can't get Shepard, you can go to Victor Cruz, although he's lost a step as of late. So let's just say Victor Cruz, 3,800. So if you can't get Shepard, he's a contrarian play, Victor Cruz. Again, out of the 24 starting corners, he's going to be going up a guy against the guy that ranks the lowest. He's also going to be going up against the guy that gives up the most fantasy points per route run. The Giants lead the NFL with 81% of red zone scores coming via the pass. From there... They lead the NFL with 85% of the red zone passing TDs going to the wide receiver. So how can you not like Victor Cruz? All of those things I just said, you can also say for Sterling Shepard. And that's why he's a thousand more, because he's a better player. Sterling Shepard, he's going to go up against Micah Hyde. He's giving up the second most fantasy points per route run. Shepard has six targets in the last nine games. Heck, he's got three in the last five. So if you can't spend on Shepard, you can spend down on Cruz, but do what you can. I think Shepard's the better play. 
to review my wide receivers, I got quite a few. Brown, OBJ, of course. And then some contrarian plays. Fuller, Paul Richardson, Bolden and Baldwin in the same game. And then Kenny Stills, I like Eli Rogers, Devonta Adams. And then for the Giants, Sterling Shepard. And, of course, Victor Cruz. All right, before we wrap things up, let's pause for trivia question number two, if you don't mind. Now, I looked on FF today, and in PPR scoring, I looked at the top ten running backs. We've got David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Levian Bell, McCoy, DeMarco Murray, Devonta Freeman, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, LeGarrette Blunt. Jordan Howard. How many of those top 10 PPR running backs had an average yards per carry above 5? How many of the top 10 running backs in PPR had an average yards per carry above 5? I will answer that in one moment while you listen to this. Be right back. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us on the Pyro Podcast. I just want to let you know that we're talking DFS, and I know you're tuning in for the DFS talk, so why don't you give Draft a try? Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long leagues. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for one day, and they only take a couple minutes. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, you can play for money. And get this, your chances of winning on draft are 200% better than those major sites. I've been using draft since about week 10 or so. I, I love playing on draft. I was able to lock up Lev Bell and Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm feeling quite good about it. Why don't you join me? Play draft. You can download the draft app, or you can go to playdraft.com. When you do, when you create your profile right off the bat, Make sure you enter a promo code, four letters, P-Y-R-O, promo code PYRO. If you do, you will get a 100% of your deposit matched in bonus play. So download Draft, or you can go to playdraft.com. Use the promo code PYRO when you start your username, and I will see you there. All right, trivia number two. I listed the top 10 running backs in PPR, and I asked, which of those 10, how many of those 10, had an average yards per carry above 5? The answer is 3. You've got Ezekiel Elliott, averaging 5.1. He was number 2 this year. You have McCoy, who was number 4, averaging 5.4. Then you've got Mr. Ingram, who was 8th this year in PPR, averaging 5.1. Here's my bonus question, though. How many of those failed to average 4 yards per carry or better? How many of the top 10 PPR could not average four yards per carry or better? The answer is two. Melvin Gordon and Blunt. I was surprised about Blunt. Melvin Gordon and Blunt both averaged 3.9 according to FF today. All right, we're getting back at it. We got tight ends, defense, and then a couple of fun plays to wrap it up for episode 60 DFS wildcard week. I am Pyromaniac Mo. Give me a follow on Twitter. P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. Tight end plays, hard to ignore Jimmy Graham, 5,300 on DraftKings, 6,600 FanDuel. This is a great cash play. Looking at Pyro's own wildcard matchup chart, the median for tight ends playing against the Lions. Six targets, five receptions, 
37 yards, and a touchdown. So in DraftKings, the median score for opposing tight ends going up against Detroit is 14.7. Only four teams have a higher percentage of red zone passing TDs to go to the tight end position than Seattle. Detroit is 25th when you adjust for schedule against the tight end position. They've given up 11 double-digit tight end performances and 10 tight end touchdowns on the season. They're notoriously bad. Jimmy Graham is notoriously good. It's a match made in heaven. Moving down from there, 1,100 less on DraftKings, C.J. Fedorowicz. 4,200 DraftKings, 5,300 on FanDuel. He is a nice cash play as well. In fact, all my tight ends are really good cash plays, I think, because you're chasing volume. Now, in the last meeting, when uh, Houston met Oakland earlier this year, C.J. saw his only double-digit target game. He racked up 82 yards and had his second-highest fantasy performance of the season, uh, second-highest yardage of the season. Last three weeks, only five defenses are more friendly for opposing quarterbacks. That's who Brock is going to face. Houston leads the NFL with 47 of their red, 47% of their red zone passing TDs go to the tight end position. So no other team goes to the tight end for red zone scoring as much as Houston does. You know they've got that connection. Brock likes to get it out of his hands quick, go to CJ. I think he's going to get the volume, and he's playing a good defense to do it against Oakland. Then the last one, Cook. He is at home, just 3600 This is a nice, cheap guy who I think is going to get the looks. 5200 on FanDuel. When you adjust for schedule, the Giants are 29th against opposing tight ends in PPR formats. So... He's got a good matchup, but is he getting the volume? Because that's what you're chasing in cash. Last three weeks, the man has 21 targets, seven targets a game. If you're telling me you can get a guy that's seven targets a game for $3,600 on DraftKings, that's a play I want all day. That's a trend I want to jump on, and it's an exploitable matchup. So again, from top to bottom, Jimmy Graham, CJ Fedorowicz, and Cook are my tight ends. Defense. You know, I wrote down three, but I'm really just playing two, Texans and Seahawks. Texans, most expensive, 3800 on DraftKings. Home to Oakland, and of course, the big reason here is Connor Cook. Rookie making his first start. He got in a little bit uh, of play this year, but nothing really. I think he's going to he's bit off way more than he can chew. He's going to be under the spotlights. He's going to make those vaunted rookie mistakes. Now, Football Outsiders ranks Houston fifth against the pass, I think, Cook is going to make a lot of them this game against the Texans, and that's what you're looking to capitalize on. Texans have perhaps the highest ceiling of a defense this week. Now, going $100 down from there on DraftKings, $3,700, $5,100 on FanDuel, you've got the Seahawks. Football Outsiders ranks them 13th against the pass and number two against the run. Of course, they are home to my beloved Lions. It's a tough place to play out in Seattle. Football Outsiders, there is only one other offensive line worse than the Lions. That's who the Seahawks are going up against, and the Seahawks are number two against the run. Super tough place to play, as I said. Uh, if you look at offenses, offensive lines, the Lions rank 23rd, according to Rotowire, and here's the kicker. Travis Swanson, he is in concussion protocol, 
He's been limited in practice all week. He's their starting center, Travis Swanson. According to a beat writer, quote, extremely limited in practice. So not just limited, he didn't do much. In fact, he was supposed to talk to the media on January 5th. He did not show. It's not looking good when your starting center can't even really get through a full practice before the game and is scheduled to talk to the media and fails to show up. Something's going on there. I think if Swanson is out, I might like the Seahawks just as much as I do the Texans. That's going to be detrimental against uh, my beloved Lions. And then a cheap play, just 3000 on DraftKings, 4700 on FanDuel's the Raiders. Why is Why do I want the Raiders on the road? Because he's going up against Brock. Brock Osweiler, 16 interceptions this week. No other starting quarterback this weekend has thrown as many, although Eli has thrown just as many. I'm sorry, no other quarterback has thrown more. Eli has thrown just as many. Oakland does have six games, scoring at least eight DraftKings points. Now, for a cheap play, that's about as low as I'm willing to go. So, Houston, Seattle, certainly. And if you can't fit it, I'd go down to the Raiders. All right, guys, my stack play, I like Big Ben, Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, the Triple Bs, how can you not? But I also like Russell Wilson, Baldwin, and Jimmy Graham. Heck, you can even throw in a Collins there as well. As you know, I'm fading Aaron Rodgers and my what-you-talking-about cheap play, Willis. Mr. Paul Richardson, as I mentioned in my wide receiver section, just 3400 on DraftKings. All right, guys, this has been the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast, Episode 60. I'm going to be here with you throughout the DFS play, so as long as you can play daily fantasy football this season, you will hear the Pyro Light Podcast. And of course, during the offseason, I'm going to be back bringing you all kinds of great Pyromania content. I'm going to be doing my fantasy football talks where we check in with the best and brightest throughout this wonderful world of fantasy football to get varying takes and hopefully get you guys tuned into some guys you might not have heard of before. I get a, a wonderful chance to talk to you, some great folk out there, so I'm excited to start that up again. So stay with us. It's an exciting time at Pyro. Check us out at pyromaniac.com. Again, stay tuned for Galactic. They're going to play Church, and until episode 61, until next week, enjoy the wildcard playoffs, and I will catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.